established in 2020 by retired Air Force Master Sergeant C.J. Ives Lopez and partnered with educator Debbie Lacken. The Author's Porch is a premier destination for all at every stage in their career. From live cast to podcast, the magazine, and most recently, the bookstore situated on the square in Danville, Indiana. The Author's Porch becomes a beacon of light, drawing you home to the porch where your family is standing by to usher you into your greatness. The Author's Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Forge where every great conversation happens. And it happens because we trusted Brendan and Vomsey at Master Talk to show us the power of effective communication. We also make sure we have a great cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin, a Christ-centered, veteran-owned coffee company. Today on the show, we have Suzanne Renee. How are you doing, Suzanne? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here and thanks for sticking it out with us while we figured out all the technical difficulties and got you up on the screen. Absolutely. You know, technology, you never know when it's going to be your friend or foe. I'm telling you, some days it just wants to take us down. But you know what? The tenacity <laughs> and the dedication of getting this show going is all that matters. Guys, I want to introduce Suzanne real quick before we go into our conversation, because you know me, Chatty Kathy mm -hmm. over here. <laughs> I get to go and sometimes I don't know how to stop. Okay, so Suzanne Renee has dedicated her life to improving the quality of other people's lives. As a direct result of years of personal development study, she has gained the strength and courage to build a life of fulfillment and exploration. Suzanne earned her bachelor's degree from Binghampton. Did I say that correctly? That is perfect. <laughs> awesome. University and since then has held a leadership position in the fields of hospitality and staffing. She is passionate about public speaking and the president of her post Toastmasters chapter. I didn't warn you ahead of time that I <laughs> literally messed my words up worse than anyone. Okay. okay, good. And congratulations on being the president of the Toastmasters. Maybe I should take a special class with you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 it's so fun and it's free to be, you know, to be a guest you know, all around the country. And that's really what has helped me a lot with not tripping over my words um, has been practicing all the time with Toastmasters. So I highly recommend it. Awesome. And you currently live in West Palm Beach, Florida. That's why you're sitting outside relaxing. Yes. Huh? When you when you said that with the author's porch, I said I have to be on my porch for this conversation. You know, I need so I have the background as a porch, but I'm sitting in a room here. I totally need to have like a fancy porch where I can sit on and do my show. But you know, I'm not fancy enough yet. <laughs> One day. Have some iced tea and you'll be all set. Right. I would love, you know what, but I'm drinking coffee. It's always my Yeti cup of coffee. <laughs> mm. So Suzanne, I saw the book cover of your book that you sent to us and it's absolutely fabulous. Tell us a little bit about that because that was a really fascinating cover. And it talked about on the cover, it said like basically like something about undertow and being able to learn how to breathe again. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a, happen to have a cover um, with me as well so that everybody can see what you're referring to. Yeah. And um, on the um, the cover, the title is the book is Conquering the Undertow because I really wanted a, a title that you actually could feel something from. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times we go through difficult things in life and 
it's hard to really describe what that feels like to somebody else who maybe hasn't been through it before. And that was really my experience. It's really something that sometimes, you know, you wake up each day and you really try to move forward and think that it's already taken care of. But often it feels like the undertow is tearing you down. And it really is a choice of, am I going to let this take me down or am I going to do something else with my uh, my day? And the learning the breathe again is the idea that, you know, breathing is something we take for granted. And often, you know, waking up in a good mood and a good energy, something that often can be taken for granted as well. And sometimes it's something you really have to teach yourself, especially after if you, you know, lose a loved one or you lose a job or at the end of a relationship, sometimes, you know, just breathing doesn't become automatic. You really have to kind of find different ways to kind of allow yourself to feel comfortable, you know, breathing and, you know, li living again, even after something difficult may have has happened. And the um, cover was actually taken in a picture is taken in uh, Miami Beach, Florida, which is a lot where the story is held. And it has the whole concept of all the rocks being difficult and all the um, past things that may have happened to you. But in the end, you know, she's wearing a white dress and she's getting a fresh start and looking pretty much right at the camera, even after everything, you know, may have um, kind of come up to tear her or I'm really just trying to be a representative in the um, book is a a self-help book but I do use some memoir in there as well but I really want people to feel connected that this is a friend or this is somebody that reminds them of themselves as well as they read that's a that's beautiful symbolism and I wonder if a lot of people understood that symbolism when um seeing the cover because I often look at things and I don't catch the symbolism until I read and then when I read I go back and I'm like I get that mm -hmm. aha and then it like really hits me and then I'm like oh my god you should read this you should really check this out and then I'm telling everyone about it so you said that there is some of a memoir in it so there's some real life situations is it something that you've went through or somebody else has went through absolutely that's a great question and so it, it is different things that I have you know, have gone through, but what, what has really been amazing for me the past, you know, it came out in October, what's really been amazing for me since October is hearing how many people say, oh, I thought that was just me. You know, a young woman would said, oh, I thought, you know, she said, I, when I lost my mom and I was grieving and my whole family kind of stopped talking to each other because everyone was dealing, grieving in their own way and being together was actually more difficult. She's like, I thought it was just my family. And now I realize that it's not my family, that a lot of people kind of go through that. And, you know, that's what really the um, the focus is, is that it might have be different stories that I went through, but you know, whether it be bullying or whatever else, there's something in there for everybody that they can be like, wow, you know, I really thought I was alone. I was the only one experiencing that. And now I see this actually a lot more in common when it comes to our struggles. We actually, as humans, struggle more similar than we, than we think we actually do. I agree with you 100%. The books like this are so needed in the world because so many people sit alone and they don't realize how connected we truly are my question is is this something that you always wanted to write or was it something you felt compelled to write well it's really actually really funny because i was reflecting as many of us do on the fact that another year is ending and we're still in this world of the pandemic and you know, beginning of the pandemic, I lost my job and I took a Tony Robbins course. And what I really got out of that was for a long time, I felt that things happened to me because there was a reason, not necessarily that something happened, everything happens for a reason, but more that I went through this so that other I could go ahead and, and share with other people and make their lives easier. 
but I didn't want to share until my life was perfect. So until I had the huge mansion and the perfect relationship and this amazing job, and I probably wouldn't have shared until I was 80 with that, because really when is everything perfect in your life, right? <laughs> right. But, but, you know, we have this concept often of I'll do it when, I'll do it when my finances are all in, or in order. I'll do it when X, Y, and Z. So um, that's kind of my thought process up until that course. And in that course, I had a huge breakthrough that in the end, you know, Tony shared a lot about his story and he didn't grow up, you know, rich or anything like that. He grew up as a regular person. And what really attracted people to him was the fact that he struggled, was the fact that he lived in a 200 square foot apartment and where he is, you know, today. And that really made me give up the whole limiting beliefs and the concept that, Oh, I, you know, I, I can't write this book because I'm not some huge success. Who am I to tell anyone how to live their life? I haven't gotten my life perfect yet. And once I dropped that whole idea and realized that people need this story, people want stories like you were saying. And actually, there, I read an article the other day that while celebrity memoirs are important, people are more getting into the everyday story of, you know, especially during COVID, we see that, the, you know, we don't care how the celebrity here in COVID, we hear how the nurse who was, you know, on the front lines really deals with these kind of situations, because that's who we can relate to more. We can't always relate to the celebrity, but we can relate to the everyday person. So what um, it gives the opportunity to do is to break through the beliefs that, oh, I'm not ready for this. And so it's something I kind of always wanted to do, like you were asking, but it was something that I didn't really think that I was capable or anybody would actually listen to me or read. And that that once you drop that belief of who's gonna who's gonna care, who's gonna notice me, who's who's gonna bother, then you actually can show up for people. Absolutely. I quite often tell people <clears throat> to go live and just talk. And just look at the screen like you're looking in the mirror and talk to yourself. Wow. Just get out what you're hiding inside and just talk about it because it, it's going to free you. You know, I, I that's how I started out. I, I tell people that it doesn't who cares who's listening if nobody's listening eventually everybody's going to be listening. That's the beauty of it. I mean, who am I? I'm nobody. We're all nobody until we're somebody. And the beauty of it is we're somebody to everybody at one point in time, you know, and I agree with you a hundred percent. There is everyday Pete. There are my, my grammar is horrible. Just so you know, I have multiple editors. Um, so, and I have to, but nobody edits me when I'm speaking. I just kind of go with it. <laughs> There's everyday people sitting at home that want to connect with somebody. They want to hear the story that is just like them that made it somewhere so they can believe that there is a piece of the pie for them, that all of their dreams are just as important. So I resonate yeah. so much with what you're saying. So Suzanne, my question is what, give us some story some piece of the inside of this story that you think would resonate. Obviously we don't want any spoilers, <laughs> you know, because what is it? Who was this? Ray says, can't wait to read the book. And we all can't wait to read the book. So don't give us any spoilers, but give us something that you think is going to resonate with somebody to let them know that they can live any dream that they're dreaming because anything is possible. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. In the book, after every chapter, it has a transformative tip. And to be honest, you know, now I don't always go back and read the whole thing. But on some days when I do feel like I need some kind of extra guidance, I'll go back and I'll just read that, um, you know, that that one, you know, tip. And it's something that I think very much right now, I'll just, um, you know, read a few sentences of this to you. Um, you know, some moments in life happen not to stop us completely, but to encourage us to simply pause and reflect. Share your feelings with someone who can understand you better, understand your pain, and work through everything. You can choose how you'll live your life in a new powerful way from what you're experiencing. And what happens often is um, that, you know, I talk about the book as a whole concept of feeling it to heal it. Because I'm a firm believer that often when we, when we're, we feel things that we just are overwhelmed by, I mean, when people, you know, lost their jobs during COVID and didn't know what they were going to do, and we were waiting on the government to, you know, to send money or people, you know, one of my friends just, you know, lost her mom. And she's like, I don't know how to, you know, live without her. And what, you know, is amazing is once we're able to, you know, feel our feelings and not have it as something of, oh, I don't want to feel sad. I mean, I think too much in our society is such a focus even now on being happy, being productive, being excited, you know, being dedicated. But when people start thinking about feelings like mad or sad, they don't want they don't want to tell people that they're mad or they're sad. They're like, oh, I don't want to tell somebody this makes me angry. Or this makes me sad because who wants to hear about me, me being angry? But once you're actually able to really embrace your feelings and realize that no feeling is good or bad, it's just a feeling for a reason. I mean, if I'm mad about something that was at work, there's a reason that I'm mad. And that's actually good for me to notice that I'm mad so I can see what's not working for me at work and talk to my boss in order to fix it. But if I sit there at work and feel like I have to be this great associate and never complain about anything, nothing's going to change it every day. I'm going to be more, more mad and more mad and more mad until I explode. And so what the, um, what the tips are really there for is so that you can go read a chapter, put down the book. And, you know, for example, maybe that was the tip of the week of being able to, you know, be able to really feel it then you go into your week and you notice where you're not feeling your feelings and you can really focus on that. So that's one that I think it speaks to a lot of a lot of people there. And so it's what you were saying before is if you don't believe in yourself, who will? And I think we all have things in our life that we're waiting for someone else to, you know, to promote us or to say that, you know, oh yeah, I think you, you can go and you can afford this house or whatever else. But if you don't believe you deserve something, you know, who, who, who is going to, and that's really what the book is about. It's about empowering people, no matter what they're dealing with, with different tips that aren't huge. I think people think in order to change your life, it has to be a huge thing, mm -hmm. but it, it can be something small, like feeling your feelings. Cause once you're able to do that is a big difference or maybe allowing yourself to pause. That's one of my favorite ones. I think so much. It's like, I got to go pick up the kids. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. And we don't always take the time to pause. So something yeah. like that can completely can shift your life. Yeah. I love that you said, feel your feelings because feelings, every feeling that you have, happy, sad, anger, all of them are extremely valid. And when you're feeling them, instead of acting upon them right away, like you said, take the pause because that pause will help you validate that feeling and understand why you're feeling it and redirect you in a way that you know how to consciously respond to that feeling versus, un versus unconsciously respond to that feeling. <sighs> and your unconscious response to that feeling is basically a gut reaction based mm. off of what society or nature versus nurture has taught you how to respond, which when I grew up, my anger always taught me to respond 
with lashing out was like, I know you did not. This is what's mm. about to happen type of thing. Whereas as I've grown up, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? That didn't sit right with me. Is it me and how I perceived what this person did to make me angry? Or did that person actually try to attack me? And how can I respond? So they know that that's not okay type of thing. So you're absolutely right. And I think that we should show those feelings to let people know. And I try to do that, you know, by letting people know I'm, I'm feeling a little sad and reaching out to other people when they're feeling sad and validating people. It's okay to feel sad and, and it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to lash out. Here's some things that we can do to be more constructive. So I love that you said that. Now, my question is, let's go back to Suzanne, the, the five-year-old Suzanne, um, you know, the Suzanne who had these hopes and these dreams <laughs> and all these things that she wanted to be. What, what was, what did you want to be? Or did you want to be an author at five years old when you, when you started setting out these goals and hopes and dreams in your life? What did you want to be? No, I wanted to be a vet and I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. And, but it's funny because that was my escape without me realizing it. What I lived for was my big thing. If I was, you know, did well in school, whatever else was to go to the library and get a huge stack of books higher than my head and take them home and, you know, and, and, and read them. And every time I would go back and, and, you know, even throughout my life, you know, as I've lived on my own and things like that, when I've struggled, that's where I've gone. That's my place to go to for information to find something that, that helps me. So books have always been my escape, you know, through things in my childhood and, and things and things like that. But I never really thought that, I could be, it was always like, it was almost like too high of a thing of like, I could never be one of those people that actually writes the books, which is why it was just such a great feeling the first time when I had my book launch and I read chapters to people and people sat there and listened and it was like, wow, that I'm that person I never thought I could be. Like it was too high for me that I couldn't even imagine even being that. Wow. And what was the thing that struck you in your mind to say, I'm going to write a book or I have to write this book. What was that, that thing? And I think that was it. Instead of making it, having it be the mindset of like, Oh yeah, it'd be nice to write a book and it would be nice to win a million dollars. It was like, this is something that I have to do. And they say that if something continuously calls to you, answer it because otherwise it's going to call to you forever. And that, that's what I realized that if I didn't answer this call, especially now when I wasn't, you know, working and I had this time and all the things that um, I'm, maybe never, never would. And I actually had a friend that was doing a writing course and said, Hey, you know, I just did this course. It was great. I'm working on this book. I was wondering, I know that you like to share and I love all your stories. I was wondering if you wanted to take the course with me. And I ended up taking the course and I came to the first class and I said, what do I have to write about? And, and they, they gave us different things of write down things that you're passionate about, write down things that you wish you could tell your best friend. And, uh, I sat there with one of my friends and every morning we would meet on zoom and we'd be accountability partners and half an hour a day we'd spent writing together. And that's really how the book was written was having someone else force me to sit down and putting a timer on it and feeling like my day didn't feel right if I didn't get that part done. And the more that I wrote, the more, the more that I, it actually was cathartic for me because all these things like you were saying, I was keeping inside, even though I've, you know, I've gone, you know, you know therapy and things like that talking it out loud to somebody, you know, one person is not the same as like writing. There's something about writing that it's really, really out of, out of your soul, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you encounter along your path, what were some of the um, obstacles that you encountered as far as publishing and working through your, your career, your new career as an author? 
You know, I, I always say that I think I learned more from the journey of writing the book than actually writing the book. Because I learned so much patience. I, I was a person, as soon as I decided this is something I wanted to do, like many people, I wanted to do now. I wanted it published a year ago. I wanted people to read it. I was gung-ho. I was ready. I was committed. I had friends re helping me read and beta readers and things like that. But and then I realized the book publishing process is a lot more complicated than I than I ever thought. I you know I didn't realize how many numerous times authors sit down and they edit for hours and hours and hours and they sit there and look at one sentence or word word and they want to make sure that that it's right. And then on, after my first draft, I had beta readers read it and they gave me so much helpful feedback that I said I have to sit here and maybe move things around or change how I word that or, you know and things like that. And then after that, I, I was ready, but then I found a editor online who kept making excuses. Oh, it's COVID. I left my computer at my friend's house and it was months going by. And I said, this isn't working. You know, I'm waiting on you and you always have an excuse that it's not finished by the deadline. You know, I'm, we're going to have to figure something out here, but I had already paid him and it was my big life lesson to not pay someone for a service until it's completed because, and also to look for referrals. Cause then I found a new editor and I got, I asked a friend who had a great book and I asked her for a referral who she uses. She gave me a name and they were just amazing and easy and things like that. And so definitely from the process, I, I learned that, you know, that, and the, you know, the, if you might want the book out tomorrow, but if it's not ready, it's better to wait and have a product that you're truly proud of than just to throw something out there in order to have it out there. And I also learned that it's if you can get a referral on anything in your life, your house, your car, whatever it is, get a referral with somebody that has kind of already been the guinea pig and told you if it works out or not. And um, really just if it, that it's okay. Like, I think it's called a process because it because that's the whole point. It's a process. It's actually a positive thing. Because in that process, you grow and you learn so much about what really works. And by the time everything came out, it was the perfect timing. It actually came out on International Mental Health Day, which is 1010. Nice. I, wanted, I wanted a number that was a nice number and it meant something. And it's also an angel numbers. It's actually a big day for personal um, development growth focus. So put that on your calendar, October 10th. But it's a, it's a, big, it's a, big, a big day with a lot of uh, symbolism. But, if, you know, I always say if I had published it five months ago, it would have been a different book. So it was a book True. it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to um, notice some of uh, the audience members here watching with us. We have Bonnie Brines says, yay, Sue. Maybe it's somebody that you know. And yes, you're that's a friend of mine. <laughs> awesome. And we have Stephanie Renert here giving you a heart. We also have Elizabeth Johnson, an avid watcher of the show. Good morning, Elizabeth. Giving us a good morning. Um, Ray Bernstein, Cornell Schwartzberg, can't wait to read the book. Uh, Elizabeth giving us some hands up and a big yes. And then also Stephanie chiming in again, accountability partners, and she is so proud of you. So you've got definitely some audience members out there, some other folks watching as well, um, that are super proud of you, watching you along on your journey and the fantastic things that you're doing. Uh, my question is, is this a genre that you will always stick with or are you interested in other genres of authoring? Right now, I think that's it. As you've mentioned, I, I do think I'm sometimes think about a children's book just because I think that so many of the lessons I now know, I wish I knew when I was younger and the impact that could have made on my life if these concepts 
you know, of, you know, being kind to yourself and how you speak to yourself and things like that. It was something I learned, I learned at a young age of being able to translate maybe the same genre of self-help to, you know, a younger generation is something that I do sometimes play around with. But for the most part, um, somewhere I'm not really into the, into the fiction world. I've tried it and I write I have so much admiration for people because I write like three sentences and I'm done. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I totally get that. Um, I I literally I've got so many different ideas and that genres that I want to write from self-help to fiction to and, and sometimes I get things done and most of the time I'm just squirrel momenting <laughs> it all over the place. So <laughs> so uh yeah, I am so excited for this book and for the things that you're doing. Um so what genre do you read though? Uh I read um I guess I, I, I read self-help, but especially like dating and things like that definitely is my, is my focus right now. And just gaining perspective on like Alison Armstrong. I really like getting perspective on how men and women differ. And then sometimes, you know, you, you're not able to connect with somebody and you think it's you or, or they think, it, you know, you think it's them, but it's really just the fact that you, if you're in a man or woman, you process things differently and things are, you experience things differently. So uh, I, Alison Armstrong, definitely one of, one of my favorites because she really in a fun way, can show that what I totally thought I said to a guy is not what he heard. And I, I practice that on my brother now. I notice he'll come home from work and all he wants to do is sit down and eat and have quiet. But when my, you know, when my, my mom comes home, it's a different kind of experience. And so I, I translate that when I go on you no know, dates or, you know, interviews that for the man, he might want something to be done in a different way than a woman does. And so much miscommunication happens that's not meant to be. So I, I find that very interesting. Mm, communication, such a wonderful topic. Please write a book of communication, <laughs> especially between male and females, because they're, they're, oh my God, I, that could be a whole nother topic. Okay, I won't go there. So do you have any, um, projects that are coming up i don't really my my goal right now is to, to get this you know book you know to as many people as possible especially during the holidays you know suicide rates do really go up and with covid and everything like that i feel like it's a perfect time that my my what i've really been pondering with everything going on in recent events is things are going to happen in life that surprise you even after we get past everything going on right now you know five years ten years from now things happen in our lives. And I, I think the worst mindset is to kind of go into life and like not think about those things that might be happening at some point of, you know, losing a loved one or like, well, how would I handle it if I lost my job? How would I handle it if I lost my life savings and being able to be mentally strong and knowing how to be prepared for those things. And my hope for, with everything with COVID is that people don't just take this experience and then just continue on with their lives and go back to what normal was because before people weren't really even taking the time often to stop and think and prepare for things. I think a lot of people were just shocked by this, but I know other things are going to happen in my life that I don't prepare for after this. I, and I want to be able to be ready when those things happen. You know, I have a lot of friends that are dealing with things now. We're moving into the points of our lives that, you know, we're helping our parents retire or their finances or, you know, you know, having kids and things like that. And I, I think that it's not, I know it doesn't always sound rosy, but I think you should be able to ask yourself of what are three things I do on a daily basis to really help my, you know, my mental health. You know, one big, one big one for me is gratitude, not in the way of saying, oh, I'm so grateful for this, grateful for that. But I actually have a friend and every night we'll call each other and we'll say, 
you know, here is what I'm most grateful for today. And she'll, and she'll reply it back to me, which is really cool to hear someone else say, you're really grateful that you got a chance to go on the off porch today. And then my day, then she says it to me. And I'm like, oh, that actually really was cool. And then I repeat hers back to her. And then we set an intention for the day. You know, years ago when I was dealing with a lot of things in my life, I didn't really have any routines like that of I'm going to go for a run every morning or what am I going to do every single day? What's one or two things I can commit to that I know is helping me? Because the better we have on our routine, the better our lives become. Man, I, I really love that. Commit to three things every single day that you can do to better your life. And having that partner that you can call, what are you grateful for today? Oh, I'm going to have to get me a partner. It's. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna tag Elizabeth. Elizabeth, if you're still out there, I'm gonna have to call you every day, just so you know. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing is, it started as a 30 day gratitude challenge, and my friend did it. Yeah. Of course, it was only supposed to be 30 days. That was almost a year ago. Because both of us said, "Do you want to stop?" She said, "No." I said, "Me either." We varied up. Sometimes we'll find online like they'll have an extra little challenge. You know, where they ask you a question like. You know, who in your life are you most grateful for? And they'll add things on there. But, um, you know, for the most part, we do just the consistent. But it's amazing because every time we say to stop, I'm like, I don't really want to stop. She's like, me either. And it wasn't something yeah. we didn't even plan to do for very long. And what I, once they say with a habit, that once you're able to do it for long enough, my life now feels like it would be empty without that. But it trains your brain to look. Then I spend my entire day the next day looking for something to be grateful for. Cause I don't want to call her and I'd be like, I have nothing to be grateful to me. Even days that suck. I still am like, Oh wait, I do have something because it forces me to do that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, where can people reach you uh, if they want to go find your book or just have a chat or I don't know if you do chats with people or not. Yeah, <laughs> I just, absolutely. I just put that out there. I was like, have a chat with Suzanne. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do. I do. I also have people that, um, you know, I, I email and I, I meet with it book fairs and things like that. But my, uh, my website is SuzanneRenee.com. So um, R2 R E N E E. And then, well, obviously, my, my name's right there. Thank you for making that nice and visible. And uh, the um, the book is available on Amazon, both on Kindle and paperback as well. You know, and it's a nice, uh, what's been really cool has been seeing my friends that are moms that don't have an hour to sit on a Saturday and read. Maybe they have, you know, 10 minutes. And uh, it might be taking them five months to get through the book, but that it's very digestible chapters. You know, there may be four or five pages, and then you can stop and read and then go back to your life, which is something that I look for in books that they're easy to pause, honestly, yeah. because sometimes it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to finish this book. Like you think about back in like the 1800s, it was like Moby Dick. People don't read books like that anymore. Now mm -hmm. it's like, I want to know what I want, what you can give me from this chapter. I want to know my value. And then I want to be able to move on to the, the next chapter. So that's really been an enjoyable there. And then of course I do have Facebook and Instagram, which is just um, Suzanne Renee author at both of those. Yeah, and we have everything in the comments on YouTube and Facebook as well. We've added those in there. So this is the part of the show before we end where I turn it over to you and give you all the time you need for any last words you want to share that maybe I haven't asked you or I didn't give you time to share that you want to say to your audience or any guests that are watching. Sure, thank you so much. I think the biggest question that has come up for me in various conversations and interviews that I've had with people in the past that I always like to share is people ask me who the book is for, because there's no, you know, it's, it's easy. Every author wants to say this book is for everybody. 
because we believe it is for everybody. But in the in the end of the day, there's obviously people that is our goal that we're trying to reach when we write a book. If it's a children's book, you're trying to reach a certain market. If it's a horror book, there's certain people that you're really trying to connect with and reach in that in that market as well. And for me, when I was writing this book, there's two people that I'm really hoping to make a difference with. The first is people who, well, I guess three really. The first is people who are in the middle of dealing with something and you might be aware that you can get all different kinds of resources and mental health and therapy. I mean, a lot of this happened in 2007 where the conversations about mental health weren't as current as they are now. But even with that, I still find a lot of people that struggle that know how to get help or support and don't necessarily you know, do it or don't, it's overwhelming. I don't, you know, there's a hundred therapists out there. How do I find one? So I'm, I'm really trying to reach people that maybe want to kind of dabble in mental health or personal development, but don't want to jump, you know, two feet in, or maybe are just dealing with something and are like, I, I, I want to, I wish I had a friend out there that understand how, how, how overwhelmed I am or hard it is for me, or what, you know, I'm, you know, 24 and you know I, I lost my parent and nobody understands that of being able to really have an opportunity to feel like you're sitting down on the couch and you're speaking to your best friend about whatever it is you're dealing with the second is maybe you're somebody that has totally conquered whatever it is and you've really put the work into having a better future after something happened that kind of stopped you but you don't want to stop there you want to be able to celebrate yourself and that's something I really talk about a lot in the book is the concept of it kills me that in bookstores, there's this self-improvement section. I hate the idea of self-improvement. I really, really encourage the idea of self-celebration. Because if you're just only focusing on your improvement and you're not stopping and celebrating yourself, it's not going to work because it's constantly like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? Instead of saying, you know what? I did a really great job today. I wrote one chapter or I ran one mile or whatever it is. So I think also it's important to be able to... Um, recognize the people that have done so much in order to not get stopped by their circumstances and see what they can do to keep that going. Because often what happens, people go to therapy or they go to a personal development course, everything's great, and then they stop because everything's great, and then life starts to come back and it starts to get difficult again. So being able to have some tips to keep you going even after you've dealt with whatever it is. And then thirdly, which is one that's very close to my heart, is when I talk to, you know, different people, you know, my, my mom, my friends, my sister, the most difficult for the thing for them when they've been trying to support somebody that's going through something or even, you know, myself, my friend recently lost her mom. And I was like, I don't know how to help her. Like, I don't know what I can do. How do I respond to this other than saying, I'm sorry for your loss? What else can I really do? And often we want to help people in our lives, but we just don't understand. We don't understand how people sit, seem really happy and everything going for them, you know, why they're, they're struggling. You know, like when a lot of things happen with a lot of the recent celebrities, you know, Robin Williams and things like that, everyone started asking, how is it that people are so happy? How are they having such a hard time? But the people in, in that person's life may not necessarily know what they can do. So they kind of leave it up to them to go self-help, to go help themselves and figure it out. And often that's the worst thing that you can do because while it's not your responsibility to get them help, if you're able to be empowered and know what you can do to support them, then you might be that person for them that's at least able to help them on days of what, knowing what else they can, they can do. So I really want people out there that maybe don't understand the journey. If they have someone in their life that's dealing with a, you know, a depression or a loss and they're like, I don't understand what it's like for them. And maybe that person isn't telling you what it's like for them of being able to read a book that really paints the picture for you of 
what it's like for them and really just anyone who wants a little bit more empowerment in their lives. Often we just go through the day and we wake up the next day and we do the same thing every single day. And then suddenly you wake up and you're another decade older and it's like, this isn't the life that I want to you know, live anymore. So these tips are able to have you really look at your life and say, huh, that's something that I'm not doing. And there's 17 of them. So you might be doing a ton of them now, but maybe there's one that opens your eyes. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, you know, I don't really let myself feel my feelings, you know, or I don't really let myself pause or whatever it is. So it's kind of a nice check-in as well. So I, I think that, you know, if, if there's anything that really wants to have you grow, that's really who I, I believe that the, that the book is, is for. And, um, you know, for me, I think the other question I got get is what was is the most was the most difficult part of really writing about your life because you're putting out things out there that people like have no idea about about you except maybe you and your best friend. A lot of people don't know, and it's and my and my mom. You know, was another generation apart, and she's like, "Why would you want to share all these things about your life? Why would you want people to know about all these like you know secrets and skeletons and closets and things like that and you know i told her i said because i think that it could make a difference for somebody else so it's worth it for me to put myself out there in that way but i think the hardest part for me i talk also about um like toxic workplaces a lot because i had that experience and i said what if my boss reads the book and i stayed up nights thinking oh my gosh what if she reads the book and you know, what if she reaches out to me am i ready to have a conversation and then finally i realized i didn't write it for her you know, I wrote it for people in general. And if she reads it, she reads it because I have nothing to be ashamed for. And and that was my life and that was my experience. And I think that's like the cool thing is when you're able to really step out and say, I'm not ashamed of my choices. I'm not ashamed of the life that I lead. And being able to do that is just the most freeing experience a person can have. And whether it's writing a book or I have a friend who has some mental medical issues and she's like, I want to go on a podcast and share about how I was treated and you know, how hard it was at the doctor and whatever else, um, being able to find some way to share your story, whatever it is, writing it down on a piece of paper, because everyone has these stories. And, you know, I was told years ago from a friend that also had written a book. She said, this is your legacy. If you don't tell the story somehow, the story's going to die with you. And it's true. Yeah. And I think about that a lot of, that's the reason why I wrote the book is so that things that happened with me didn't just happen for with me but that other people and generations can now can learn something from my journey yeah it's so true you know somebody said that all of the you know i'm prior military so one of the things that hits to my heart is all the world war one world war two korean veteran all the war heroes are start you know that were mm -hmm. alive during that time they're starting to pass on and all of that knowledge and all of that the things that they went through and everything is just dying with them and yeah. somebody said somebody needs to sit down with them and record everything just listen to everything they have but we need to document it we need to write it we need the books need to be written written about their individual stories and i says yeah somebody needs to because just the just the the things that they went through and, and their individual lives were so mm -hmm. miraculous and i think that's about so many so many people's stories and so many things you know just about covid all the nurses all the doctors all the things that they've yeah. been through I mean, there's so many stories out there. Suzanne, thank you so much for being Absolutely. here and for and for sharing this with us, sharing your insights, sharing about communication, about the journey, about 
sharing your story in general. It was such a great time talking to you and, and learning about your book and not letting anything take you under and being free to talk about the things that a lot of people are scared to talk about and you're living your glory because you're not scared to talk about them. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So guys, yeah, don't forget being here. Yeah. Thank you guys. Don't forget to come back each week and watch us either live or on the podcast right here on Facebook. You can ask Siri or Alexa to play our latest episode, head to our website, catch our latest issue of the magazine that we'll be releasing the 1st of January or our blog post. We want to continue making authors dreams come true and provide a platform for them to shine. We'll see you guys next time. And if you appreciate conversations like we do and want to become a better speaker, visit our friends, Brendan and Vomsey of master talk, where they teach you how to use the power of your voice. Don't forget, stay awake with a nice cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee. Seguin, the best cup of coffee on this side of heaven. Until next time, my friends, I'm CJ. That's Suzanne. Go read her book and write on. Bye, Suzanne. See you Bye. Later. Thank Bye, you. Everybody. The Author's Court is a certified veteran-hosted podcast. Show your support Tune in, share, and subscribe.